Welcome into Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with CPA and Personal Financial Specialist, Phil Putney. Now let's get rolling with today's show. Hey everybody, welcome into this edition of Phil's Tax Hacks and Other Retirement Facts with Phil Putney and myself. And this week, we are going to talk about the Biden tax proposals, cover some things that uh, you found interesting on the proposals that they've put out there thus far. So you've got this uh, interesting little PDF here from the Tax Foundation we're going to go over. So let's just jump into it here. Well, before we get too far into it, too, let me just throw the disclaimer out there that this is all based on, you know, what his tax proposal was, you know, as a candidate, you know, so or nominee, you know, so I mean, this is you've got to take it with a grain of salt because you hear a lot of stuff when, when a candidate's out there, you know, pitching their side of the equation, trying to get elected, right. You know, how much that actually happens. It's not something that they can just magically wave a wand and they get the the privilege of doing all this. They've got to go through the channels of getting the, you know, the both sides of the the um, house and, and Senate to come together and put together a law before it actually becomes law. So you can do something with it. So right. these are just proposals. The, these are proposals. So it'll give you, if nothing else, uh, at least a glimpse of, you know, maybe where his mind's at, so to speak, of, of his thinking on taxes. So, yeah. okay. Yes. I mean, the, the, you heard it uh, throughout the, the campaigning that, you know, he's really primarily from an individual standpoint, targeting those that are making more than 400,000. Okay. Um, right. So the, the first piece of it is um, social security tax uh, right now. Social security is capped on or, or taxed for up to 137,700 of wages. Okay. Um, his proposal with that is creating almost this donut hole where that stops social security tax. So social security is really two components uh, the employer and employee both pay 6.2%. Mm-hmm. So together, the 12.4, if you've heard it from Social Security. But the proposal is it stops at 137. So you you reach that holiday, so to speak. You know, if you're making more than 400, though, then Social Security picks up again at 400,000 and above in taxable earnings. Okay. You know, so this is basically so either 137 to 400, it takes a break. Is the donut hole they're okay. calling it now? Kind of like you've heard of the donut hole in, in Medicare. Well, this is the donut hole for Social Security now that they're Got it. they're uh, coining it. So yeah, it's it's you know zero to one thirty seven. You're going to pay as an employee the six point two percent. You'll have this break, this donut hole, so to speak, from one thirty seven up to four hundred, four hundred and above. Right. Um, you're going to pay the additional six point two again, and there's no cap. You okay. know, so that's. One of their answers to help, you know, prop up or sure up Social Security is here's this extra revenue coming in from Social Security, because that is what it's for is Social Security. Um, the other thing is going to be for those, again, higher earners um, above 400, taking the uh, top tax rate from 37 back to 39.6. The Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is set to expire at the end of 25 already. He doesn't mention that anywhere in any of this. Right. So the reality is this is going to happen anyways, not just for those over 400, but for everyone, um, it's going to revert back to what it was again, unless they come in and, and change something. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so a lot of this is probably fairly similar with a few tweaks to what was uh, under the Obama administration. Right. Um, so, yeah. So it's either just let it sunset and it goes back or, you know, propose a new bill and try to get it pushed through, which, you know, if they don't have the, uh, the Senate may or may not, you know, so on and so forth. Yeah. So it's, yeah. If they can get it through. 
from a tax so we'll have a little bit of a heads up of hey this is going to happen yeah we've got a little time if we're still thinking about doing conversions for example and knowing what the current tax rates are and things of that nature yeah. that could still stay in place for a while so uh, one of the other pieces is long-term capital gains um, okay uh, yes yeah, so i that. mean right now there's this lower tax rate either zero 15 20 percent you could get into the medicare surtax of almost another four percent on right. capital gains Okay. Um, what he's proposing is again for those. Um, in this case, it's above a million of income. Okay. Um, you know, so targeting Wall Street basically is where it comes down to. Um, the capital gains rates go away, and you're going to pay thirty nine point six percent. You know, so oh. again, that's not going to affect many people because that's a million dollars. Right. right. Um, and, and what about the step up? But yeah, so the the piece that's in there that I don't think a lot of people has picked up on is eliminating the step up in basis for capital gains. So how this works is um, under the estate tax law, and this is another thing he's talking about changing is, is reverting some of that, but under the estate tax law, um, they didn't feel it was fair to tax an estate um, when somebody passed away and then also tax the beneficiaries on okay. value, you know, so the, the gain, so to speak, of, of a piece, and a lot of this applies to real estate, usually. So they've given a, what's called a step up in basis. So for instance, your parents, you know, bought a piece of property for $50,000 and now it's worth a million. Right. Well, if they were to sell it, they've got this $950,000 gain that they'd have to realize. If they pass away, because technically the million dollar, the value is part of their estate and potentially subject to estate tax, although with the limits, they're not going to pay estate tax. Okay there's this step up in basis. So you now inherit that property at a million dollars as your cost basis. So you turn around the next day and sell it, you don't have any gain. So that 950 kind of goes away. So what they're talking about is eliminating that. You know, so this is not just for those over 400,000. This is everyone. Right, yeah. You know, so we're talking all sorts of little estates out there. So you think of, you know, your parents that Maybe they worked for one of the you know larger companies in the area, bought stock. They don't even know how much they paid for because they've owned it for so many years and dividend reinvested. But it's definitely a very low basis. There's a lot of built up gain. They probably held on to it with the thought of, well, we'll let you inherit it. Right. You know, and, and then you don't pay tax on it. Or real estate. I mean, this is a very common in real estate. Which you know, is kind of surprising. So so we would not have to pay the taxes on it. Well, we would under the new under the, the new one. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. We're yeah. currently not. We wouldn't have to. Yeah. Or we so would it's have a, to huge, a yeah. huge benefit now that, yeah. you know, don't in, in very common in real estate where, you know, real estate professionals will kind of roll property to property. So do we right. use what they call a 1031 exchange, one property to the next, not paying tax, just that rolling that game forward. Then if they passed away, passes on to their heirs tax-free. Great I mean, strategy, but some of these things are probably designed to help us recoup. Well, I guess pay down some of our debt, right? I mean, they're, these are tax generating avenues for the fact without having to necessarily just levy heavier taxes. At least I'm hoping, anyway. Right. Yeah, and I mean, it, to me, I've I've talked about clients to this about clients for years about this this step up in basis going away. Right. You know, it, it's one of those things. I think it's. Um, the disconnect between the the person paying the taxes and the, you know, the the um, assessor of the tax, so to speak, because it's same scenario in our medical field today, right? I okay. mean, if you really knew what the doctors and the hospitals and that were charging, 
and you had to pay for it, you would be livid. <laughs> but you never see it because it goes to the insurance company. All you know is my deductible is 20 bucks, you know, right. copay or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, same kind of concept here where at the end of the day, now this is the individual inheriting it. Yeah. Um, and, and that's kind of down the road to today when it's happening, all this pieces, you know, legislation gets put into play. Those people haven't inherited properties yet. They don't even know this is happening to them. You know, when all of a sudden now this is in place and, and you inherit assets two, three, five years down the road, if this is in place and all of a sudden you got a big tax bill. When you didn't realize, well, hey, wait, I didn't think this was going to affect me. You were right, talking about yeah. 400000 and above. What do you mean? Yeah, I'm not there. Right. But yeah. Yeah. So, so something to definitely be mindful of. And certainly to, if you're in that scenario where that might apply to you, have some conversations with your advisor so that you can figure out a strategy before this. Again, who knows when this gets implemented, but. Right. Or if it does. Or if it does. It true. Does. Yeah. Right. Fair. So, you know, the doctor thing got me thinking at one time, a couple of years ago, and, you know, I don't know how much of this is accurate, but my, I took my dog in to have her ACL uh, repaired on her leg, on her back leg. And it was like 2,500 bucks to get her, her leg fixed. And I said, I didn't even, first of all, I didn't even know a dog had an ACL and then uh, you could repair it, you know? Uh, and uh, he's like, yeah, I said, 2,500 bucks. And I said, man, that's like, he goes, well, you figure if you went in to get yours done, it'd be about 25,000. Yeah, you know, and uh, and I, and it goes. You one of the funny part is is they probably could do it for the same amount of about the same amount of money as that we're doing this dog's leg for. Yeah, it's a little bit bigger, but you know, he's like, but and I was like, same exact concept in surgery, same concept, so. same surgery. He's like, yeah, but the in, it's really insurance and the legalities mm-hmm. uh, that drive these things up. To your point, if people really knew or really kind of bothered to look at it, just the amount of insurance that all the doctors at various different fields have to carry is crazy. Oh yeah, yeah you know, just amount of insurance coverage. And that's one of the things that jacks the prices up. Yeah. I've I've always said, if you want to fix healthcare, we need to minimize the insurance company's role and bring it back to the people. Yeah. You know, back. And if you think of back in, in back in the day, so to speak, you know, when insurance was that catastrophic type event is what you look for, you know? And when you were paying all the, the smaller stuff, doctors and hospitals had to be more conscious of what those fees were. Yep. So yeah. Anyways, that, that's a whole nother, that's a whole other podcast. box to get on. Yeah. <laughs> insurance and legality fees and, and lawyers, no, no offense to our insurance and lawyer friends, but those are, those are just some of the areas where changing a few things could make a substantial difference in that. But again, yeah, that's a whole nother soapbox conversation to have. But, yeah. Uh, so but yeah. back on, on the estate tax, yeah. um, one of the other provisions he's looking at is, rolling everything back to 2009 levels. Um, okay. Which again, I mean, part of this is under that Tax Cuts and Jobs Act is going to get rolled back anyways. So again, people aren't thinking about that. I mean, t- today, the estate tax doesn't kick in for an individual till $11.5 million. You know, so for a married couple, it's at $23 million mm-hmm. of taxable estate. I mean, that that's the top you know, what quarter of 1% or some very small fraction of right. the country that is even subject to that. Um, funny thing is I can remember back when I started in this industry, that was 600,000. Oh, wow. Back then it was a big deal. There was a yeah. lot of estate planning that was done, you know, and it's been increased over the years, but what they're talking about here, the, the 2009 level would be 3.5 million, which again, that's a big number. That's a big number. Yeah. But if you start to consider, well, those retirement plans, 
you know, houses you own and life insurance, if it's not properly titled and, and owned, you can get the 3.5 million pretty quick. That's a good point. You know? Yeah. Um, so you've got to think of it. It's, it's one of those things that it's not out of reach anymore. Right. You know, and one of the other pieces that um, there was a lot of estate planning that used to be done around maximizing this exemption for husband and wife. So, I mean, that's where the, you know, there used to be all these spousal trust and you'd put so much in this trust and so much in that trust. Right. So you could get 3.5 million each, because if you didn't structure it that way and things weren't in the first spouse's name that passed, his or her 3.5 million just disappeared. Hmm. And now everything passed on to the spouse and they only had 3.5 million, you know, so there was all sorts of strategies of how do you maximize that yeah. under the current law, the way it's set up, it's automatic. Or you shouldn't say it's automatic. It's easy. All you have to do is file a, re, you know, an estate tax return claiming that 11 and a half million goes to the other spouse. And, that, and again, that's why we turn to a professional, right? Who dissects this and dives into this, because a lot of times we're just not going to, pay that much attention. And I think sometimes that's kind of what government hopes for is that we're just not really, we're not really keeping that close of an eye on it, you know, but hopefully there's, we're working with someone who is like yourself. Uh, and I know there's a ton of stuff on here. We've kind of got highlighted. So we'll try to move through some of these, as many of these as we can, but uh, let me jump to this one real quick. Cause you've got it in a different color here. So uh, the uh, first time home buyers tax credit, that seems a little strange. Yeah, that was one of those things when I was looking through, it's like, okay, I, I guess I don't understand that. Um, uh -huh. I mean, the last time this came about was right after the Great Recession, you the know, when the housing, housing market, crash, yeah. right, housing market cr uh, crashed, and it was an incentive to kind of stir people on to get out there and buy a house, you know, those right. that, that hadn't purchased yet. I don't know if you're familiar with the housing market as it is today, but it does not need any incentive right now. I mean, it's just going crazy. Um, so I'm, I, that, that caught me by surprise as to why that would be in there. Well, know, it's, why, it's why the incentive. Yeah, 15 grand for first time home buyers. I wonder if this yep. is part of that to, uh, help more disenfranchised or, or things of that nature who it, it, it could be yep. maybe need to help getting, you know, getting into a first time home and to try to, from that sociological standpoint of, of trying to pick things up, maybe. Uh, what about the corporate tax rate going from 21 uh, to tw up to 28? Is this where it was under the Obama administration before? Was it? Yeah. So he's taking it back basically to what it was before, which, you know, there's pros and cons. You know, I mean, the, the argument is, oh, let the big corporations pay for it. Yeah, they can seven doesn't it. sound that much. 7% doesn't sound like a huge deal, but on, you know, 2 billion. Right. Well, <laughs> but if you start to look at kind of worldwide corporate tax rates, I mean, yeah. The U.S. was in one of the top tiers of tax rates, right? You know, so it explains why a lot of companies figured out how to send a lot of things over, you know, overseas, offshore. Yeah, sure, yeah. I mean, they're they're for profit. They're looking to save money, and if there's a, a, a way they can manipulate and reposition to do that, yeah. You know, so with the the twenty one percent, it did help bring some of it back, or we're starting to. Yeah, it makes me but, think about that story that Apple had done where they, one of the big yeah. wins was like $250 billion, I think, was sitting overseas and they were not going to bring it back into the U.S. until this got done and lowered. And then they did. I mean, 7% might not sound a lot, but it's, it's a lot to $250 billion. Well, but if you, if you think of it in another, um, I guess, way of looking at it is okay. at 21, that's a 33% increase. 
right? Okay, You're going yeah. from 21 to 28. That's a 33% increase in your tax. Yeah. It's only 7%, but it's a 33%. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Yeah. That's a much stronger. You know, it's it's yeah. a big increase. In it's tax. a big increase. So, okay. Fair, fair, fair. Now, I mean, the kind of the, the barb, so to speak, that he has in there is now he's got some penalties for taking things offshore. Gotcha. You know, but I mean, at the end of the day, yeah, corporations need to pay their fair share, but they are the core of our economy. You know, and right. if you start taxing and taking away from them, it's all trickles down. I mean, that's just economics 101, you know, so don't look at them as the bad guy that we got to take all the money from them because you don't think it's going to affect you. Just see how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Is that so, the uh, 10% offshore manufacturing you were talking about? Is that the little barb? Yep. Yeah. Okay. So they've got a bunch of, you know, penalties, so to speak, on the corporate side for if you don't, and then some incentives on the, the um, made in the USA side. Yeah. You know, so and that's great. I mean, I, I'm all for bringing as much of that back yeah. onshore as we can, um, you know, but so again, we'll, we'll have to see all that plays out. I'll see it plays out. Uh, what about yeah. the uh, equalizing the tax benefits of traditional retirement accounts? Yeah. Uh, so this that? is one of those, again, it's a, it's a highlight, right? What does it mean? Okay. Who knows? Um, yeah, it sounds a little vague. Because, yeah, it's really vague. So, I mean, I've heard everything from they're going to eliminate the whole concept of tax deferred retirement and, and just go back to some kind of a saver's credit. You know, so right. what is equalized the, the benefit of traditional retirement accounts? Hmm. You know, I mean, I, I my guess in, in looking at it is more the thought of, you know, again, well, the wealthy Americans, they're the ones that have all the money in the 401ks. So, you know, for the, the lower end of the population, they, they can't afford it. So let's equalize that. Let's make it, give them some kind of a credit, maybe take away some of the benefit to the, mm. you know, upper end. So are they going to put even more restrictions on how much could be contributed or are they going to start? I mean, it wasn't too many years back that there actually used to be an excise tax if you had too much money in, in your retirement accounts. It seems that you know, so, seemed to fly in the face of the Secure Act, you know, uh, which I'm pretty sure was pretty bipartisan, you know. So yeah. that seemed to fly in the face of that because it's about setting every community up for retirement enhancement. That's what it stands for. Right, right. So yeah, interesting. It, yeah, yeah. And again, I mean, they're, these are all proposals. They're what all proposals. actually yeah. happens, yeah. you know, who knows? And, and by the time they negotiate and any of it, all out, of it, none of it, right? Right, right. What piece? What this really looks like? Yeah. Who knows? Any other major points that you wanted to bring up on this, Phil? That you saw that stuck out to you? No, I mean, those are some of the big points. You know, okay. so again, no, right now, no kind of mass tax rate changes or, or things planned. Right. Um, you know, at least <laughs> based on what we have here, what he's given as bullet points, he is primarily targeting that income, you know, 400,000 and above, you know, okay. people earning earned income at that level or above. Um, the, the big piece I think to really pay attention to is the, is the capital gain side of it. So that right. step up in basis, I fully expect that to, to go away at some point. Yeah, um, it's just it's always been too good to be true because, you know, everyone in an estate from zero to today, eleven and a half million. Right. Are basically getting any gain wiped away for free because their estate isn't subject to tax. Right. You know, so with this, they're trying to say, well, that's not fair. So let's yeah. tax all those estates, you know, and, and then lower the, the estate tax level to capture more from money that's going to be transferred because i mean they're they're no dummies they understand the you know baby boomers are aging and going to start 
oh, yeah. passing away and there's a lot of wealth to be transferred. So they want their piece of it as that happens. Well, and it's again, a great, a great way to generate, you know, more revenue for the government to handle some of these things that we need to pay for. And whether you right. think that's going to go into different, uh, you know, different things for society or just paying down debt or whatever, that's not really here or there. They're just, they don't, they don't make money. They, they tax money, you know, so that, that's right. The only revenue they have is tax. So yeah. there's, they have no product or service that, that generates revenues. So. E- even the secure act, I mean, in that as well, while there's some things in there that are helpful for helping people get more better prepared for retirement, there's mm-hmm. also pieces in that, that were designed to help generate revenue for the government, you know, absolutely. Uh, yeah. yeah. You know, by allowing the RMDs to go later. And matter of fact, I think right now, Phil, we'll probably get to this in a couple of weeks is um, I guess some possible revisions to that. They're calling it secure act two or 2.0, right. uh, maybe even moving it from 72, which they just moved it from 70 and a half, 72 for RMD. 72. And now yeah. 75 is now on the table. And you think, well, that's great. Cause I don't really need the money. Think about the other side of that too. The longer you let that sit there and grow, the bigger your tax bill is going to be when it comes due. So, right. I mean, that, yeah. And that's the piece that a lot of people don't think of long-term, right? So we've yeah. talked a lot about financial planning and running the numbers out. Well, this is all great, but if you pair that with what they've done to the inherited IRAs now, mm-hmm. that beneficiary can no longer stretch it out over their lifetime. They have to take it all in 10 years. They want the tax money. You know, so I mean, if they're taking on your side, the RMDs and pushing it out further and further, so your account's bigger and bigger now, So now it gets inherited. It's a big asset, bigger asset that your heirs have to inherit. Mm -hmm. And oh, by the way, they've got to take it all in 10 years. And when does that typically happen? When those heirs are in their peak earning years, right? Right before their retirement is, if you run the math out, typically when it happens. So they're already in yeah, you know, near the top of their what their tax brackets might be. And it makes now you layer on all these inherited IRAs. Yeah. They're no dummies. They know the math. They've run this out. So don't don't think that they're benefiting you by, you know. Now, yeah. that being said, as with any tax law, there's advantages. You sure, know? So there is. they're going to put it in there, take advantage of it, understand what they're trying to do and play their game of, okay, that's great. I've got an extra two years, three years, if they take it to 75 of, right. you know, no RMDs that I can do more Roth conversions before do more I get conversion. to that. Yeah. And then yeah. my heirs, when they inherit a Roth IRA, it's tax-free, yeah. even though they have to take it in 10 years. So, I mean, you can play their game yeah, exactly. you know, and work work with the rules that they have, but well, don't let it just happen. And, and as a CPA, I mean, obviously you've been doing this for many years. That is the nature of the whole thing is the rules are set. People then figure out how then to maximize it to the to best of their strengths. Right. Or they change the rule because that, you know, that's why they that's why they take things out. We talked before about loopholes. There really isn't loopholes. It's just the rules are there. It's just right. choosing to figure out how to best utilize them to your advantage. And once they realize that that's not working for them anymore, they'll change the rules. You know. So I mean, you have to you have to look at it like a parent and a kid, right? I mean, you yeah, can exactly you can remember if you you know your kids are growing now. Yeah, you'd make up some rules, and your kids would figure out. Well, but you didn't say this. Yeah, you know. So I mean, that's that's what a loophole is. I mean, it's yeah. not that they didn't they left it in there for yeah. you know. It's they, they didn't think about that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or just as simple as you know, putting the cookies in this particular you know cabinet. Eventually, you get big enough to reach that cabinet. They got to find another cabinet. That's right. Yeah. It's, it's just a matter of, and that's what we work with clients on all the time. Target. It's okay. Here's the rules. You can't change them. They are what they are. Right. But 
what did they leave in there? How can we work it to our advantage? Exactly. All right. Well, there you go. So that's just some of the proposals that, uh, our, uh, that Joe Biden has offered out there. And that's some of the documents and information that kind of go through that. Again, some of it may happen. None of it may happen. All of it may happen. It all just Who depends knows? on what happens in, in voting and in, in Congress and passing things and so on and so forth, just like any other administration. So uh, that's going to do it this week for us here on the podcast. If you do have questions, if you do need a little bit of help about how to maximize things or how you want to see if your retirement plan is, is working for you, get a second opinion or just get a plan because you don't have one, then reach out to Phil. Share this message with others. If you're working with Phil already and you know some folks who might benefit from that, uh, do us a favor. Share the podcast with them, uh, whether you're checking it out on social media or YouTube or you've gotten it through uh, Phil's uh, email blast or whatever. You know, Forward that to a friend. Share it with a friend. Uh, we'd certainly uh, love to have them come check out the show as well. You can always call Phil if you've got questions or concerns at 248-888-7530 before you take any action should always talk with a qualified professional like Phil. He is a CPA and a personal financial specialist with many, many years, almost 30 years of experience uh, doing this. So reach out to him, 248-888-7530, or go to philstaxhacks.com. That's philstaxhacks.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on Apple, Google, Spotify, iHeart, Stitcher, so on and so forth, YouTube. And we will see you next time here on the show. Thanks for watching Phil's Tax Hacks and other retirement facts. Investment advisory services offered through AFS Wealth Management. The content of this program is provided for informational purposes only and is not a solicitation or recommendation of any investment strategy. Investments and or investment strategies involve risk, including the possible loss of principal. There is no assurance that any investment strategy will achieve its objectives.